I, you know, it's, I don't claim to be an expert as a parent. Uh, I fail every day. And, uh, but what I will tell you is that I show up and I will give everything I have to my kids. They're speakers, authors, and real life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. What's happening, people? Friends, family, countrymen, women, <laughs> those that identify other. Uh, it is Thoughts That Rock. It is your favorite podcast. Um, both of you, we appreciate you both. And we just wanted to tell you that this one's for you. Uh, we, you know, look, we try to find challenges. We try to find um, things that might, people might be struggling with and find some incredible guests to give some awesome advice. And today we have Ty Bennett giving us how to raise a ninja warrior. Come on. Super great. Come title. on. Super great title. This is one of those again, where, you know, sometimes you and I come up with a topic and we go, who do we have this one right up the, the middle of the plate for Ty, because he actually is raising ninja warriors. No lie. And I know he's going to talk about this, but Ty is a returning guest. You know, if people that are longtime fans know that he was one of the early ones, I think he may have been in first season, I think. But this guy is yes. one of the top keynote speakers on the planet, talks a lot about leadership and helps organizations and leaders with storytelling. He's just amazing in a lot of ways. Three time bestselling author. Um, has has built and sold three multi-million dollar companies. Um, kind of knows what he's doing. CEO of his own business called Leadership Inc. Having said all that, he now with his five kids, yep, five kids, mm -hmm. uh, all of his boys are involved in just loving and being involved in are now ranked as American Ninja Warriors. And uh, th this, you know, Ty, you're, you're going to find out pretty quick. He is all in to the extent that he is now the owner of the largest Ninja Warrior gym in the world, which blows my mind. That's not how I would think of Ty four or five years ago, but but he's definitely living the dream or someone's dream, right? You know, until they come out with American Couch Warrior, <laughs> you know, I think, Jim, you and I are uh, not in the right uh, frame of mind for, com uh, you know, competitive Ninja Warrior. So many no. of our friends... Um, are, are or have done it or are, you know, thought about doing it or they're training for it. And we're like, look, it's 15 feet to the refrigerator. And if I can get there in less than eight seconds, I'm, you know, it's like riding a bull as far as I'm concerned. That's without, pretty good. Without wheezing and, 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 and cuddling over. Yeah. I, you know, definitely yes. um, you have to go and look at Ty's bio in the show notes. I mean, He's got more accolades. I'm not even going to try and list them all off of the things he's won and where he's been ranked and all that. He's phenomenal. He's yeah. stellar. But I love that this episode became one of a parenting episode, right? He he was talking about life lessons and spending now half of his time focusing on his kids and, and probably losing some gigs, losing some money along the way. And uh, 
that that's part of the deal. I mean, he just looks at it as this is the most important job that I have in the world. And so I, I think it's going to be very inspiring for a lot of people. I think they're really going to love this episode. I do too. And I think that, you know, this is going to be as much of a realization for the parents, um, as it is, is understanding sort of the mentality of the kids, right? And I, and so even though he talked a lot about the mentality of his kids as they approach things, uh, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to the mentality that we approach as parents and, and do we show up, right? And that's, that's really what this is about. And, and from, from being distracted with social media to, you know, really going all in and being completely engaged in what that looks like. This is an episode that sort of covers it from A to Z and, and you just, you're going to be hard pressed to not walk away without a few great nuggets here of, of helping you raise your own little ninja warrior. No doubt. Check it out. There he is. I think the busiest guy on the planet right now, or at least in Salt Lake city. Ty Bennett. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Yes. <laughs> How are you guys doing? It's fun to be here with you. I don't know about busiest in the planet, but yeah, I, I'm just trying to keep my head. Yeah, well, that's because you're busy. Maybe the busiest in Utah. Let's just give you the state. How about that? <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, when you have five kids and multiple businesses, yeah. Yeah. Busy. Well, man, we're, we're honored. You can carve some of that time out. I, and we said this in the, uh, in the introduction, of course, but, uh, it's your second time around on thoughts of rock. We haven't had too many repeat guests, so you must've done something right the first time or right. maybe you failed miserably. And we're just, we're hoping you get it right this time. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just thinking you guys have done too many episodes and you ran out of gas and you're like, you were, uh, we circled back through back. <laughs> we're in recycling <laughs> mode. Yeah. <laughs> Who's left? Who else will do it? Let's get Ty. He'll do anything. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a great, great topic too. Uh, obviously we set this up in the introduction, but uh, how to raise a ninja warrior, which I'm not so sure. Let's go back two, three years. This would have been on your radar screen to talk about, but I know you've got a few, uh, maybe some business and personal nuggets in there and, and around parenting. So maybe before we jump right in, like we normally would with our guests and just, just hightail it into the first thought, why don't you give us a little bit of background as to why we even picked this topic? It's so good. How to raise a ninja warrior. <laughs> So for me, so I have five kids. Uh, I live in Utah, as you mentioned, and uh, that's what we do. They just, it's because of the water. I don't know. And uh, uh, it was about four-ish years ago, almost five. Uh, my two sons at the time were eight and 10. They watched the show American Ninja Warrior. You guys have probably seen the show before, and they just fell in love, like started reenacting it right away, started swinging on things and hanging on things and and just very quickly, this became their passion, like all they talked about, all they wanted to do. And you know how Alexa like listens to us. And I swear the next day there was an ad for a Ninja Warrior gym opening up by our house. And so <laughs> I took them to the grand opening and signed them up for classes and they started doing it. And we started building some obstacles in our backyard and they quickly got pretty good. And, uh, you know, the long story short is I now own the largest Ninja gym in the world here in Utah. <laughs> Uh, my two boys are nationally ranked. Both were on the Ninja Warrior Junior show a couple of years ago. So uh, they compete all over the country, and uh, it's become a really fun sport for our family. Uh, two of my kids participate in it. 
my three-year-old is actually going to be legit. He has grown up with it <laughs> since day one, and he can, like, hang on a bar for, like, three minutes. It's incredible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's a fun sport. It's really visually incredible to watch. I mean, what they can do is insane to me. And uh, it's been a really fun process to support. You know, it's funny. It would it reminds me like these these uh, teenagers that would build. You know, they got all into WWE. They got into wrestling, and they were just in their backyard <laughs> doing wrestling. And then there's fight clubs, and you know, that, there's that as well. If you're going to start teaching somebody how to be a ninja warrior, and you're going to start building obstacle courses and now buying the gym, you you are all in, man. This is this is like next level stuff. Or insanity. Right. I don't know exactly how you look at it. Uh, but for me, and we'll dive into this, some of these thoughts, right? Um, what I want to support my kids in whatever they do. And I want to help them chase their dreams. And I want to help them get after it. That's the bigger part. Ninja Warrior was never something on my radar. I didn't choose it. Um, but that's kind of been the case with most things my kids are into. And that's okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just I just want to support them in what they're trying to do. That's awesome. Well, we're definitely going to get to uh, you know to some of this as well. I, I hope that you talk about how you've incorporated them a little bit into your speaking stuff down the road. We've seen some of that as well. Okay. But yeah. let, let's start right out of the gate, man. I mean, for somebody who's now maybe they don't know a lot about the show, or you know, I, I can't imagine because I think it's it's now just a part of Americana um, and, and maybe even uh, soon to be international. Certainly, there's something they can pull from that. What is your first thought that rocks on this? So Ninja Warrior itself is an awesome sport. There's so many uh, parallels. But I just looked at this, you know, as you asked me about this from a parenting perspective. And my very first thought was, if it's important to your kids, it's even more important to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I don't claim to be an expert as a parent. Uh, I fail every day. And... Uh, but what I will tell you is that I show up and I will give everything I have to my mm-hmm. kids. Um, I, you know, I had a friend who had somebody talk to him about, you know, raising kids and said, Oh my gosh, your kids are great. His kids were grown at this point. He said, I'd give like half of my life for my kids to turn out this way. And he's like, yeah, we did <laughs> like that. That is what yeah. it is. Right. And so for me, if it's important to my kids, I want to be right there in it. So like, obviously with Ninja Warrior, I've jumped in full force uh, with my boys, but my daughter, my oldest daughter plays soccer. I, I played soccer up until I was like 12 and then I transferred sports. Soccer would not be part of my life, but I dove in deep just like that uh, because I want to understand it. Like I study the way that soccer plays work because I want to be able to, she's the captain of our varsity team. She's a senior this year. I want to be able to talk to her on that level and talk game strategy and, and be able to break it down because that's what matters to her. And I can reach her at a different level if I can do that. Right. That's something on me that I have to decide that it's important to me. So with Ninja, it was the same thing. I knew nothing about it. So I started watching it and you know, it very quickly, like if you were to look at my Instagram feed, it's kind of stupid because it's like, I only follow 12 to 15 year old kids that do ninja, you know, like that is all that I'm seeing is video after video after video. But I, I, I don't personally do it. Like I don't want to compete. That's not something that I'm going after. Like I'll play around on the obstacles a little bit, but I help coach my boys because I've watched it and dissected it. And 
like looked at it constantly. I mean, it's a lot of time and energy to understand it, to jump into the sport, to uh, and now kind of take you know a leadership role in the sport to network with everybody who's in the sport across the country to build these relationships, to build a gym, to understand you know the process of of how all that works. Uh, I just think that if it's important to them, it should be even more important to me. And that opens the door to have conversations. You know, my very first book, it's called Power of Influence. One of the things I wrote in there I talked about was to talk to people in terms of their interests. And that's a great leadership principle, but uh, I mean, even more important as a parent, I think. Uh, and so I am constantly trying to dive into that. Now, my next daughter is like diving deep into dance. I know nothing about, like literally nothing about dance. And so I'm just starting to try and understand it, right? She's telling me these terms and I'm like, okay, say that again. What is that word? Like, and I'm repeating, like, cause I don't know, you know? And I'm like, okay, do that move for me. Cause I don't know what that means. And just the same kind of thing. Cause I want to be able to connect with her wherever she is. Uh, I just think it's a good, uh, it's an important leadership principle and that's what parenting is. Yeah. I gotta tell, I gotta tell you, Ty, <clears throat> my, one of my favorite things when, when I see your videos come up on my feed, um, your kids are amazing. Like that's one thing, but what I absolutely love is watching you sprinting around on the ground <laughs> of these ninja courses, trying to keep up with your kids because you want to be there to encourage them in those difficult transitions between obstacles and all those different things in a world that we live in today where most parents are, are seated in a gym, not even paying attention, looking at their phone, scrolling through social media, whatever it might be, you, you are so engaged. It, it's not just about supporting your kids and being interested. You are engaged in the moment at a level that, that I think everyone should aspire to. And that, that is, I think, where, where a lot of parents miss it. Um, you know, you want well, to do some research. That's great, but you need to be there. Yeah, I, I, one, I appreciate the compliment to that. If I'm being real, that's a struggle for me, just like anybody else, right? My mm -hmm. phone is a distraction constantly, mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, it's interesting as you brought that up, uh, a couple thoughts came to mind. One, so I coach my boys, um, and like fully, I'm their coach, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, our track record is pretty good. Like Drew's ranked number one in the world. Like they're <laughs> doing pretty well. Right. Um, yeah. and so at one point I had a bunch of people who were like, Ty, why don't you do this? Why don't you train and compete? And my boys were like, dad, you should totally do it. And we actually sat down and talked and I said, guys, when we're at the gym, I am coaching you. Like I'm fully involved. I'm not like, so I don't have more time in the day to train, which means that instead of coaching you, I'd be training. So like, that's the conversation is, mm -hmm. am I giving that up? Because you're right. Like I'm not just over on my phone, you know, doing this. Now, obviously there's things that, you know, are distracting. Second thought I had that my favorite moment in sports in all of history, now I'm totally biased, but this is, and I've showed this video in speeches when Drew, who he's now 13, when he was, he was 10. Um, he, he's very good at Ninja. And we were at a gym that I know the owner and Drew won his age group by like a mile. And he was like, dad, can I compete against the pro adults 
like just for fun, just try it out. Right. He's 10 years old. And I was like, I'll go talk to the owner and, and the owner's a friend. And he's like, sure, I'll just put him last. Right. Like he can just run the course and see how he does. Right. So we, 25 adult men compete on this course, most of which have been on the show. These are like 18 plus, mm -hmm. like incredible ninjas. No yeah. one's full cleared this course. No one's gotten all the points. Right. So Drew's it's like set up like, like perfect, right. <laughs> last inning, everybody's on base. Like it's like that setup, right? <laughs> He's this 10 year old gets up to the course. No one, like all these pros are like, who the heck is this kid? No idea who he is. And nobody's full cleared this course. And Drew, it's unbelievable to watch, but he full clears the course. The very last obstacle, he swings, he catches it. Like he knows he's won. And the celebration, he just throws off the bar and just wraps himself around me. Like full, mm. like bear hug, legs, everything. And is just bawling. Oh. Like just full on like crying. When you brought up like being engaged, like that's the payoff, right? Yeah. Like that is... And being able to have these deeper conversations where you know all the ins and outs. Like, I know all the players. I know all the, like, which means that all of these other teenage ninjas around the country, they're like friends of mine, right? Like, and their parents are friends of mine because it's just jumping in. Um, so, obviously, I fail. Obviously, like, there's times that I don't do that, but I'm trying. And that's the, the key part. Um, it requires a lot of sacrifice. Like, if we're being real, uh, mm -hmm. I will, I know that I would be, uh, I wouldn't be genuine if I didn't mention the fact or bring up the fact that as an entrepreneur, I have a lot of flexibility in my time, which allows for a little bit more, right? Um, now, if I'm being fair to that same conversation, does spending this much time with my kids make me less money? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it requires a, a level of sacrifice, but I think that's what you sign up for when you have a kid. Like, I, I yeah. think that's part of the yeah. deal. And, and so we have to be willing to let go of some of those things, right? I don't have a lot of hobbies outside of my kids. Um, yeah. And you could argue like self-care and all those things, you can go back and forth. That's great. But like, for me, this is where I'm spending my time and energy. Yeah. Do, do you think, um, and you alluded to this before we go to your, your second thought, you know, you're saying if it's important to them, it's important to you. And you talked about your daughters as well. So let's take your oldest daughter with her being involved in soccer, you know, maybe not as much time. I'm, I may be wrong here, but the, just setting up the courses, spending the time to coach your sons, going to these events. Do you have those conversations with her or even with your wife to say, listen, maybe right now there's a little bit more time over here? Or do you really just sort of cognizantly try and equal it out? You've got to you got to hedge a couple of days specifically all about her. I'm just thinking because, listen, Megan Rapina is about to retire here. So your daughter could be the next one in there. Um, you know, just a little bit more focused, Ty. That's it with her. How, how does that go from a time it, standpoint? So I'm a big uh, believer that balance in terms of like equal hours is impossible. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it just isn't. Uh, right. It, it, I just don't see how it happens. Now, for me, I'm an over communicator. Right. This is what I do for a living. And so I have lots of conversations with, you know, my oldest daughter. I've had several conversations with her about this. And there's been times and specifically like as it pertained to social media, that there was a little bit of a jealousy there mm -hmm. because uh, Ninja Warrior is very visually stimulating where soccer maybe isn't as much, right? Mm -hmm. So if I post a video of her playing soccer, 
it gets way less views than if I post a video of the boys doing something with Ninja, right? It's just, they're just, a, it's unique, it's different. Uh, and so we've had some of those conversations, but I also realized in the process of it, like, this is where I want to be. I, you know, about this time last year, I was just thinking about this the other day. I was speaking an event in Las Vegas and I spoke and right after I spoke, Magic Johnson was speaking. And uh, so I spoke, I met him backstage. I was cool. He was like some, a hero, right? And I go out and I'm sitting in just at a table in like this, you know, what, 3,000 people in this, this banquet room or whatever. And uh, as Magic Johnson is speaking, he's like 20 feet from me. I am on my phone watching the live stream of my daughter's soccer game. And I remember very distinctly, like, I don't know if you've ever seen Magic Johnson speaks, but he doesn't go on stage. He's walking out in the audience yeah. and he's like, so good. He totally gets that he's the celebrity. So he's like shaking hands, taking pictures, like interacting with people, killing it. He's like 12 feet from me. And I distinctly remember going, I would so much rather be at her game mm. than here. Like for me, like truly that is where my yeah. heart is. Um, mm. It's not like a, you know, like I just was like, I don't even care. Like, I just, like, he's incredible. This is really cool. But I just don't he's care. He's a big listener, um, so he's going to be upset that you just. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Magic, you know what? You've got kids. Dude, that's how it goes, man. And, uh, and so it's always a balance, yeah. like trying to find it. Um, so, you know, my daughter, she plays soccer, and that's great. But where we also connect she's big into leadership. She's student body vice president. She loves that. She's so natural. So like she and I connect really well in that regard. And like, that's a huge passion for her and obviously a passion for me. So like, it's just finding those things, but you're right. I, I, I chose to have five kids. Balancing that is like a nightmare. Yeah. It just like, it just is like, there's just all different directions and I've got, you know, speeches and different things. And do I miss some stuff yet? Yeah, but do I also make some decisions that like, turning down a really high paying speech to be at a soccer game. That's hard to do, but I've do made it. that decision and go <clears throat> oh, right now. This is more important or whatever it is. Like this is her senior year. She's playing high school. They're really good. I've already blocked off all those dates and I've had like inquiries of like, Hey, could you come soon? And I'm like, no, there's not a chance. Like don't even put it in front of me. Cause I don't want the temptation of it, you know? Um, so it's hard and I'm definitely not perfect at it, but we're trying We'll definitely have somebody put those dates in front of you and send them to Brant and I, if you could. That would be. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Listen, we will be right back after this message. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Dude, that's such a great uh, first thought. What is uh, what? What is your second thought that rocks on this? How to raise a ninja warrior? 
So my second thought, this is a conversation I have all the time, but uh, I think that you have to teach your kids or whoever, I think is a good conversation in any realm, that your actions have to match your ambitions. And here's what I mean by that. So um, I have two boys, one in particular, that truly his goal is to be the very best in the world. Like it's not, and it's not like a pie in the sky goal. He's probably in the handful of who you'd put in that realm for his age group. Uh, and probably if you take all the ninjas in the world, pretty darn competitive at age 13. Uh, so the, but in understanding that I've also had to teach him if that's your ambition, then your actions have to back it up because it's not going to just happen by happenstance, right? This means like you're committed at a different level. We're talking like you're training like an Olympic athlete. So one of the things that I've done is I have, you know, because of my, what I do as a speaker, I'm connected to some Olympic athletes who are speakers. Mm -hmm. And so I've put together conversations for them to talk about with my boys what their training schedule really looks like. What it, I mean, what does that level of commitment and dedication look like? How many hours are they in it? How much is eating and rest schedules and workout schedules? Like there aren't days off, right? My, we just finished my kids and I, my older three kids and I just finished 75 hard over the summer, um, which, you know, just working out twice a day and just, uh, which, was just like a help. Let's reinforce it and let's do something fun with it. I'm taking them to Ruth Chris for dinner as a, you know, celebration, uh, <laughs> at the end, of it, that's what they chose. And, uh, um, but it was just like, there were literally days, like my boys went on like, uh, young men, like church retreats and I would get texts from the other leaders. Cause I wasn't there and like, Hey, your boys are awesome. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, it's 1030 at night and they're out on a second run because they had to get their second workout in when everybody else is around the campfire doing this or whatever. Like there, there's a dedication. And so I think that it's obviously a great principle, but what I've loved about it is that it allowed for conversations. Mm -hmm. Teaching that principle allowed me to have deeper conversations and talk about goal setting and talk about what you really want and talk about sacrifice and talk about what commitment means and talk about like dedication in a different way, because here's what I, the reality of what I think is at this stage, Ninja Warrior doesn't have like a professional future. Now the sport is working on it, like working towards getting it in yeah. the Olympics, working yeah. towards making it something that besides the show could pay you a lot of money or at least decent money. At this stage, there's not an exact path, right? Uh, but what I do believe is that my boys are going to be successful because of the principles that they're learning now, because of the dedication, because of the commitment, because they're learning how to fail over and over and over again and get back up They're Like there's so many principles and that's actually, uh, Jim, you alluded to this, but I've put together a speech where, uh, I'm, we're now, my boys are part of it. We're putting a ninja rig on stage and they're part of it. Cause there's so many life lessons and leadership lessons that come out of yeah. ninja Right. I, I just felt like I was having, as I was coaching them, I was like having the same conversation with them as I'm having with CEOs that I'm working with. I was like, these are the same principles yeah. and that's a cool way to visually see it. And so I just, 
I think that that conversation has been an important one and for my family uh, in particular, and it's, it's served everybody well, just, and it's given me reinforcement where I can set some accountability, right? This is how leadership works, right? We have that conversation and I say, okay, if this is your goal, right? You're saying this is your goal, then this is what's required. Are you willing to commit to that? And once they do, then I can hold them accountable to what they chose, right? So constantly when they're like, hey, this came up, I don't know about going to the gym today. I'm like, you can do whatever you want. But the reality is you're lying to yourself. Yeah. And they're like, what? And I'm like, you have a goal and you, you committed to this level. So you can pretend that you're going to somehow achieve that goal without putting in that work. But that's just not reality. Your actions have to match your ambitions. Yeah. And so I just love the conversations that it's allowed us to have. Yeah. That's great. I've got a couple of questions. Um, so I have uh, notoriously been made fun of that. I have not really taken a vacation ever in 52 years. <laughs> Um, and that's, that's choice, right? I'm a workaholic and okay. it's just, uh, I'm, I feel most alive when I'm working. Uh, it's the, yeah. the creative process, right? You're closest to your creator. I believe when you're creating. And so I'm constantly creating it. That's, that's part of it for me. I believe in that too. Um, I like that. Yeah. And, and, and so I have two things, you know, we had a guest early on, uh, several seasons ago, um, Jim, right? Steve Cochran yeah. from giant. Yeah who talked about these sort of five different levels, uh, or gears, um, of which you live your life. And it's, it's not really possible to stay in fifth gear the whole time in just, you know, a hundred miles an hour yeah. all the time. So two questions. One is how do you dial them back to rest when it's needed? Um, because when you're trying to do something that listen, being the best in the world at something is different than head of the class. <laughs> it's a different sure. requirement, sure. right? Um, and, and so how do you dial that back? And then secondly, how have you dealt? And we just talked about this on another episode of, you know, the everybody gets a trophy mentality. I know several years ago, I think it was Drew got hurt, right? And, and it was like at, yeah. at just the worst possible moment. Um, he ended up missing um, being able to compete. But so that, that was sort of forced rest. Um, but this idea of experiencing loss, even though he didn't technically lose, he still lost an opportunity to compete. Um, how do you feel, how important is it for your kids to experience what losing feels like and not this, everybody gets a participation trophy because you showed up and you put in the, you put in the time. So, I don't consider myself an expert in uh, really either of these these areas that you just asked the questions, but I'm trying. Um, when it comes to the the physical, I'm constantly trying to study it out and ask experts, right? How much do you dial it back? What does that look yeah. like? How much rest do they need? What is, you know, how much water should they, just all of those yeah. things, right? And so I think there are times that you can, I but like I watched, uh, uh, just a video from Michael Phelps the other day that like for eight years, he never had a rest day. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I mean, best in the world, right? Yeah. Bar none. Uh, yeah. Seven days a week, he has a workout like that's, and he ramped up to that. But I do believe that teaching your kids in particular, 
a level of productivity and work ethic is important uh, and pushing them further than they feel like they can go stretches that and allows for that muscle to grow. Uh, yep. Because I just know for me, like one of the things that has allowed me to be successful is I can outwork most people. Um, mm. Maybe not you, Brant, because I have taken a vacation <laughs> before, but I just know like if I'm not going to quit until the job's done, right? That's just yeah. not in me. And so yeah. I want my kids to have that. And so even my level of dialing back or your level of dialing back is probably not like what many people's level. It's not like vegging out on the couch for days. Like I, that's not going to happen for me. Uh, and I kind, I kind of hope it doesn't happen for them. Right. But I do think we have to read it. I also think there's individual things, right? Tanner and Drew, my two boys that both compete, they operate differently. And so I have to individualize my leadership approach. Like I can get in Drew's face more aggressively than I can Tanner's. Uh, it's just their personalities. Um, but there's other areas that like, I just know how to connect with them each individually. And so I think that becomes important. Um, in terms of dealing with loss, it's a constant process. That is ninja, truly. And that's one of the things I love about it. Um, we have a big competition coming up at our gym this weekend. And we were training yesterday. And Tanner, an obstacle broke on him. Completely my fault. I put it together wrong. And it broke his nose. Like, like pulled it out of the thing and hit him in the face. Um I feel, I feel horrible. Like, uh, and he's like, not like horrible, but he's working through it. Right. Um, yeah, then yeah. yesterday was like, he was like, I feel horrible. And like, you know, and today he's feeling yeah. better and like, but yeah. it's part of the deal. I going back to your question, I'm not a big fan of like, everybody's a winner. Um, yeah. I think it's a balance though, because human nature like okay so you take a ninja course and the way you're judged on the ninja course is it's first points right how many points out of let's say there's 20 available how many obstacles do you complete and second yeah. it's time so if if you and i both got all 20 points and whoever got their fastest wins and so yeah. it's you want to approach it where you want to be as efficient and fluid as possible I call it a relaxed intensity. You want to be moving as quickly and as fluid as possible, but not so frantic that you're making mistakes, right? Uh, which I think is a good mindset for a lot of things. But human nature is you finish the course, and let's say you got 19. What's the one thing you focus on? It is the, the one, one point that you didn't get, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Instead of yeah. like celebrating a little bit of like, dude, you just crushed 19. So there's a balance in that because – I'm not trying to like fool them like, Oh, you're the win. You're like, you lost yeah. somebody beat you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, but to me, the answer to the question of how do you help them deal with it is you're in it with mm -hmm. them. You sit down with them. You have those yeah. conversations after you debrief. So as an example, we were just in Orlando a couple months ago at the world finals mm -hmm. and drew had an, a horrendous mm -hmm. world finals. Like it just fell apart. Why? I don't fully know. Like his first course, the guy judging him, it was from North Carolina, had seen Drew compete before. When Drew finished the course, he fell four times. Like that does not happen in a very long time. When he finished the course, the guy judging the course goes, Ty, is he hurt? And I go, like, like when he fell? I don't think so. And he goes, no, I've just never seen him that bad. Like what's going on? I was like, I think his ego might be hurt. Like I don't know, but it just fell apart, right? Some days you have those. So – 
we had some really deep, tough, emotional conversations following that. After another course, so at the World Finals, there were multiple events that they were doing. And uh, he ran, there was kind of a World Cup type of event that was like head-to-head races. And he ran it at first, I'm talking about Drew in this, uh, and he finished like seventh and they took the top 16 and went to the semifinals. And then, so you ran it again and they took the top 16 down the top four. So we talked through it and you had to full send everything because you're cutting the fastest kids down to just whoever puts it together the fastest in this race. So he took a couple risks and he missed, it didn't pay off. So he ended up yeah. like ninth because he, he missed one move and it just was what it was. So, uh, so yeah, Drew, he, I mean, he's just so frustrated. Right. And pretty aggressive. He's like, dad, I quit. I'm done. And I go with Ninja and he's like, I'm done. And I go, are you freaking kidding me? And I probably should have, you know, I don't know, maybe some parents would have responded like with empathy in that moment, but I go, you owe me $300,000. And he goes, what? And I go, I just bought a Ninja gym to support you. I like, this is, we're all in, buddy. It's like, you're not going to quit. And he's like, Dad, I can't do this. And I was like, no, let's take a breather for a second. You just missed a move. Mm. Right? Sometimes, and he's like, yeah. And I go, Drew, you you just finished seventh out of 300 people to go into the finals. And you said, I've got to finish top four. So I'm going to risk everything. And you missed. That's it. Like, that's all that happened. Yeah. It wasn't. Like, and even then other people miss too. You're like ninth. Like, it's not like this is, you know, the worst you've ever done. Now, granted the other event, kind of the worst he's ever done. Like it was not good, (laughs) but I just, I just knew for him, like I had to like pattern interrupt and like, and like aggression was going to do that for him. Right. And, and then we had lots of deep conversations, right. And like, yeah. what worked, what didn't like, even to the point that, okay. So he has a really good friend of ours. She's an awesome ninja, um, out of Texas. Like we joke around that, like, they're going to be the ninja couple that gets married or whatever. And the parents are good <laughs> friends. And, uh, she kind of fell apart at world finals yeah. too. Like, and she's having a rough time. And her mom is like, Hey, she doesn't want to talk to me. You want to try and talk to her? And so I go sit down with her and I, I like, I didn't even say anything. I just sat next to her and she just kind of looks at me and I go, you know, what's going to be funny is when you and Drew are married and she like shoots a look at me and she, I go, you're going to laugh about that world finals where you both totally sucked. And she just starts laughing and she's like, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. Like it just didn't work, you know, but I think that's how you deal with it is you have to be there before, during, and after. I, I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's talking through those things. Sometimes it's to recognize like you're making this a bigger deal than it is. And other times it's just to sit and cry. I, so my dad growing up, uh, he was an awesome dad, still an amazing dad, but he traveled a ton mm-hmm. and uh, like he worked in New York city and we lived in Colorado. So Monday through Friday, my dad was gone. Uh, it just was what it was. We talked on the phone all the time, but like big life events, there are a lot of them. He was not there. Um, I knew he wanted to be there. Like I didn't hold any grudge or anything, but I remember my freshman year in high school, I made the summer league basketball team. And then the coach decided he kind of hated me during the summer. Mm-hmm. And I got cut from the team, which 
like which I was like the starting point guard. It was kind of shocking. And I, for whatever reason, my dad was there. Like he happened to be there that day. And I remember sitting on the stairs at the school after tryouts, just crying. And my dad did, I didn't, I don't remember him saying a word. He just sat next to me and cried. That was it. We just just sat and like lived it together, you know? And sometimes it's that. And sometimes it's like, like when Tanner didn't have a great world finals either. And as soon as his run was over, he just has a different demeanor about him. He came over, laid his head on my shoulder, hugged me and cried. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. Drew got in my face. And so I got in his face, right? Like it just, you know, it just depends on who they are. But so that's a long answer to, you know, um, how do you help them deal with it? I, I, I don't know. I just think you have to be there. Yeah. I can tell you for sure that, um, you know, every time Brant is just weeping, I sit with him a lot. <laughs> you know, I think uh, this is what <laughs> every time Jim complains, I check him into the boards. So, yeah, it's, a, it's about an equal, it's about, equal about. opportunity. I, I actually I really appreciate uh, Brant's um, question, you know, uh, about dealing with loss and failure, because this is what makes you tie a great parent. You know, it's it's. You know, I think everything is learned behavior and here you're actually teaching your kids these things, you know, while they're going through life versus what a lot of parents who who aren't teaching their kids some of these life lessons. They're definitely not getting it at school anymore. They're getting whatever from the playground and their friends and religion and lack of religion. Like we talk a lot about on the show, the fact that you're doing this. And, you know, again, I would say, boy, you're so lucky, but it's not luck. You actually have created the lifestyle. You put yourself in a position where either you can homeschool, you can charter school, you can private school. You can have these conversations where a lot of parents either aren't in that position or they just choose not to. And I just, you know, I think a lot of people will look at you from a distance, you know, and and think, this isn't just you putting them out there to be uh, ninja warriors for their own self-worth. And there's some cool stuff that comes with it. It's just how you parent, man. And it's, it's brilliant and um, very commendable. Well, I don't, I don't know how to do it any other way. I'm just being like kind of everything I do is like full on just how I operate. And probably there's sometimes that that's really hard for everybody around me. Uh, But I also, I also had it modeled for me. So Jim, you wouldn't even know this. Like this is, we're, we're opening up the closet here. Uh, here we go. My first, my first like foray on stage at, when I was like 12 years old is I was a magician. Mm. And, uh, and like, I don't know that I loved magic necessarily, but like, I just thought it was cool and be, it quickly became like a business to me. Like I was going to make money as a magician if I was going to do it. Right. And so I was like doing kids birthday parties. I got booked to do like county fairs. Like I probably wasn't even that good. But my parents totally supported it to the point that, like, I own doves that, like, kept us up at night. All They were the worst. Like, I would have just shot them. Just been like, this is the dumbest thing. <laughs> but somehow my parents just supported it. Um, we had a paper out for four years, my brother and I, which was awesome in terms of work ethic. Like, But literally 365 days a year, you deliver the paper at 5 a.m. So work ethic-wise, it was great. Yeah. But that also meant my mom, 365 days of the year, had no sleep, like for four years. Mm. And yeah, she just 
was there jumping in every time. And, and so I think it was modeled for me. Um, I'm not sure how else to do it, but I also like get what it takes to achieve in this world. And I want my kids to understand that and I want them to live it. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening, man. It's happening. Bring us home, man. What, what is your third thought that rocks? So the third thought is I think you have to balance mentoring and modeling. Mm. And I think it's important for parents. I think it's important for leaders. Uh, but when I say modeling, I don't, I think it's more the principles because as an example, I coach my boys in Ninja, but I don't physically do Ninja. Right. So when I'm modeling, I'm not like, Hey, let me jump up on this obstacle and show you do it just like I do it. I'm not modeling it that way. I think you have to model the principles. If I'm going to talk to them about going after your goals, about work ethic, about showing up every day, about being engaged, about all of those things, I've got to model that. I've got to live it. They need to see in me that I'm going after something. And honestly, watching them inspires me, right? If, if they're going to be try and be the best in the world that what am I trying to be the best in the world at? Like, am I showing up at that level and hopefully modeling some of that, right? Setting an example in that regard, but then mentoring in that process, we've talked a lot about this, you know, what that looks like. I think a couple of principles, one, you, you have to be there just the time. It, it just has to, you know, that that's an important facet. It's not just quality, it's quantity. Uh, two, I think understanding people at an individual level, all of my kids, they're very different. And so the way that I talk to them, the way that I interact with them is very different. Three, that mentoring process. I think we often think about what am I teaching them? And I think half of it's just being willing to be there and listen. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, I hope my kids know, and I believe they do that they can come to me with anything. Um, and my reaction is going to be one of, you know, I'm here and I love you. I'm not going anywhere. I'd like, regardless of what they do, what they say, how they act or whatever it is. Right. I might like get in their face about it, but we're like, I'm not leaving the conversation. I'm not storming off. I'm there. I'm going to continue to have that conversation. And, um, and you know, up to this point, they, they share very openly with me and I hope I, I hope I continue to yeah. earn that. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think there's a balance between those two, you know, when it, when it comes to how you show up, some of it's modeling, right. They need to see it in you. Cause I also think I now have, you know, I have three teenagers currently in my home and I, I, they, I think they assess things from the standpoint of like, do they respect me? And do they look up to me? Like they have to see something that they're like, okay. You know, like, they're proud of, right? That like they, they can see some value in. Um, and that, you know, sometimes it's hard, right. As a parent to show up, but I think if you're going after something, you gotta, you've got to model that for them and give them something that that they can see value. I think you started the top of the episode, you know, sort of alluding, this is more of a, maybe a parenting episode than even a business one, but I'm hoping people can connect the dots, but where would you maybe use this in business, when you're telling somebody as a leader, you've got to balance the modeling and the mentoring. Is there something that comes to mind with, with that sort of? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, actually, the book that I'm currently writing uh, dives into this a little bit. Um, I break down leadership into 
in terms of how you interact with people, you can model, you can coach, you can consult, or you can empower mm -hmm. people, right? And so uh, there's different approaches and different times those things are needed. So I might like take you by the hand, Jim, and go, okay, let me show you how to do this, right? This is the first time I'm going to train you. I'm going to, I'm going to physically do it. I want you to watch me. I'm going to model it, right? Um, and everybody would always say like, I don't want to be micromanaged, but if you listen to their questions, they kind of do, right? They're like, if they ask those questions, like, how do I do this? Show me how that works. I don't understand. They're kind of saying model this for me, right? Um, or you might coach them. You know, you think about a basketball coach and a coach is, they're involved. They're not the ones actually on the court, right? They're not, they're not making the play, but they're engaged the whole time. They're calling the shots. They're, they're emotionally, physically invested just like anybody else, right? A consultant is more of like a, I'm here when you need me, right? Um, come ask me questions. I'm here to respond. And then ultimately, yeah, the goal is to empower them that they're fully functional and you can just go, go and do right. Um, return a report when you're done, but like, this is your baby, take ownership. So I, I think that that's what leadership looks like. I think there's time and a place for both of those. And all of those leadership approaches are needed at different times in different situations. That's great. Yeah. I love this modeling mentoring, um, aspect. I'll tell you that my youngest son, Brady, um, you know, did triple jump in high school and I can remember, oh, nice. you know, similar to you, I, I wanted to dive in and learn everything I could possibly learn. And then, you know, we hired him, uh, a coach who was, a you know, all American college triple jumper Sorry. and like went to the camp and the whole bit and we're sitting there and, I, and, you know, I like to think of myself as an athlete, at least I was at one point. And, um, you know, I was feeling pretty good about myself. I had, you know, just got inducted into my high school's hall of fame, you know, five sport nice, athlete okay. feeling good. And I'm like, okay, fantastic. And so I got on him one day, uh, that, that his technique on the second jump, he wasn't getting his knee up high enough. And I'm like, you've got to get your knee up high enough. He goes, dad, I'm telling you, I'm trying. It's really hard. And I'm like, back off. So I get on the track and I run down this track and I am not kidding you, Ty. I must have blew out my knee so hard when I hit the ground on that second jump because you, 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 you know, you jump off your first leg and you land on that first leg. And I yeah. hit that and, and I'm a lefty. So, so uh, with my, with my feet. <laughs> and so I jump off my right, I land on my right and my knee is like, Nice try, kid. That ain't happening. Yeah, happen. <laughs> I just, I barely made the pit. Never mind, actually jump. I could have landed on the cement and just <laughs> killed myself. And and I could tell my son was trying to not laugh. Uh, <laughs> but I would have been dying, man. But at the same time, looked at me with a raised eyebrow, like I told you, this was not easy. <laughs> and it, triple jump takes some coordination. I'll tell you what, man. It, it is how you blow your knee out it's so quickly um and and uh it gave us an opportunity the, the, for two things number one for me to humble my ass just a little just a little bit and be like eh, you know you're not you ain't 20 anymore kid and then i was like all right and then secondly it really gave me a chance to sit with him and go uh I got to tell you, this is way harder than I, than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm pushing you hard and I had no idea 
the level of, of difficulty that's involved. It looks easy because you make it look easy. But when I tried to do it, I realized that it's, it's not easy. And so it gave me a chance to really sew in and boost him up and, and empower him, if you will. Um, See, in that but moment. that's, those are the conversations right there. Like, I love that that's, and that's where you, if you jump in, those are the kind of conversations that come up. Right. Yeah. And in yeah. so many different directions, but like real conversations, like, yeah. I think that's what I, I used to always go back my very first business, we built this sales team. And I used to always tell my sales team, like the whole goal here is to have real conversations with real people. Like that's the yeah. whole goal because we spend so much of our time having fake conversations that don't lead anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, but if you can get into the real conversations, right. And you put yourself out there engaged in a way and, and made a fool of yourself, but <laughs> that led to the real conversation. Um, yes. I, I just think that's awesome. Yeah. This is this is probably going to shock you guys, but I uh, was not an athlete at all, and I just take my kids to Roos Chris, and that's it. <laughs> there's, there's no reward. What's competitive eater? He's <laughs> like, I just want a steak. You yeah. guys want to come? It's, uh, it's just, it's, it's, and in the end, in the end, Jim's the smartest of us all. So less injuries. Exactly. Yes. Well, listen, man, this was great that uh, you spent some time for the second time to come back on to Thoughts at Rock, man. You know that we love you. Where, if uh, people just want to learn more about what you're doing with your kids and, and the Ninja Warriors that they are and, and will be as adults, I'm sure, or even just to find out some more information about you and your books, where where should we send people? Uh, I'm pretty easy to find if you just search Ty Bennett. TyBennett.com is my website on social. I show up as Ty Bennett all over. Um, my boys both are on Instagram. It, probably find me. You can find them. I'll share some of their stuff or link to them or whatever. But uh, they just share a bunch of ninja videos. It's kind of fun. But, um, but uh, yeah, um, happy to connect. And uh, this was fun. Always fun to talk to you guys. And you're, you're such a great uh, model for us and, and a hero and in, in everything that you do. And this was nice. This was a good refresher because you and I, we've had some, some great family conversations as well, but to be able to put something out there that's family oriented. And like you said, a little bit more on the parenting side versus business that that's awfully cool as well, man. You look like you've got such a great balanced life and, and uh, good on you. It's great. Well, I don't know about that. This is the first time anybody's ever asked me for parenting advice, probably the last, but, uh, you know, it was, hap it, was, it was fun to jump into it and talk about it because it's a little different conversation than we normally have. So it's fun. Same here, brother. Listen, we'll talk to you soon. We're going to keep an eye on you. Rock on. Okay. Thanks, guys. Take care, pal. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are. And grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Thus That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested in having Grant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock, rock on. on! Welcome to Easy Conversations. 
a podcast about covering the incredible human ability to overcoming adversity. I am Furkan Dania. I'm a therapist and mental health advocate. Each week, my objective is to sit down with a guest and share their story of how they were able to find meaning and purpose through their adversity. These are conversations that we have deemed to be difficult, but they don't have to. Together, we can find a shared understanding. This is a podcast for everyone.